Welcome, welcome. Uh, I had the privilege over the last couple days, uh, this last week of going down to Florida for the Every Nation Build Conference with a bunch of the leaders. I just, I mean, I just gotta say, I don't know, if you don't know, I am like so proud of the, I guess it's a denomination or a family or a network of churches that we're a part of. So proud. Um, just going and hearing the leaders uh, just balance these tensions so well and pursue family and relationship and just lead from their hearts. And I'm, I walked away, I was only there for half of it because I had to come back for a wedding and um, I was just so built up. And so for what it's worth, you can take my word for it. I had the pleasure of going down to those conferences and uh, man, do I just love our church family around the globe. I just needed to say that. And plus I get to go to Florida, which is, you know, <laughs> Pretty great. Uh, my, uh, my parents are still down there. They're wrapping up their little vacation for the last two months, which has been really, really awesome and energizing. Not that they've, <laughs> they've still worked a ton, but they've managed to get away a little bit. And they're down in the Florida Keys right now, just renting a car, driving around and eating. I got, we've got pictures on our phones of them eating giant lobsters and dipping things in butter. And so I'm really happy for them. Uh, they'll be back with us soon. So we are starting uh, a series that's gonna take us to the end of the summer. It's going to be a six-week series, and uh, we're titling it The Purpose of Praise. So a little while ago, we did, a, we did a, a, a kind of a series on worship, and that was good. And it was a bit more of the heavier side of what is worship, why we worship, when we worship. But uh, summer's a good time to talk about things that are, like, refreshing. And it's kind of more relaxed during these one-hour services. And I don't know, it just feels like this time of refreshment where it's a little more chill. And I like that. And I think God wants to build into us in, like, what, it, what does it mean and what is the purpose to praise God? Um, specifically praise. And I'm kind of separating that word from worship a little bit uh, because in the Psalms, there's like, there's like six or five or six different kinds of praise that the books say there are. And uh, the things that, that, that David and, and those writers were just giving God praise for, just explicit, you're amazing for this, you're amazing for that, I praise you for this, I praise you for that. And God commands us to praise. Uh, and maybe it's just obvious. It's like, oh yeah, of course we're supposed to praise. But um, I want to delve into a little bit of the why. So today I'm just going to give the intro, talk about some of the core themes that we're going to explore over the next few weeks, and uh, I hope it'll be a blessing to you. So I, uh, what is the purpose of pr praise specifically? So I've been having to think a lot about this recently because uh, of leading worship so much over the last year and a half, which has been so fun. I actually counted, I went back in like the schedules, and over the last um, like 80 Sundays we've had here, I was, I've either been leading or been on the team 74 of 80 times, which has been so fun, but, uh, and it's uh, like just been kind of in the thick of what does it mean to praise God? And uh, I'll be honest, sometimes you're like, this is like a, this is some work to put on the music and stuff. Like these guys had to work hard for what you just did for like 10 minutes. <laughs> it's a lot of work. And Morgan has to figure out how to, she, she did great by the way, hey? She has to figure out how to get babysitting on Tuesday nights. And if Devin's drumming, it means he has to spend at least 15 hours practicing. I've told him, you don't have to practice that much, Devin. You really don't. But he takes it seriously. I love it. It's like a lot of work. And, we, and half the time we spend together every week here is singing. And uh, I've really had to delve into, like, the purpose of all that effort. Not that I love doing it. It's fantastic. I, I don't want to do anything else. But, like, why? Why do we spend all this time just praising God? So um, to get uh, to the heart of the purpose of praise, let's just explore, what, like, what is praise? Let's just define it real quick. So I, uh, I don't know about you, but when I think about praise, just to use, like, a real-life example, um, I find it really hard to praise people sometimes. The people around you, I don't know if anybody's was like this, I mean, maybe I'm just selfish, but I find it difficult to praise people sometimes. In everyday life, 
in, in just the comings and goings of life with the people that are closest to you, uh, I sometimes find it difficult to take a moment and praise them for whatever they did. Praise them for the, the, whatever just happened or something that they did well. And as I was thinking about how I, uh, how I have a hard time doing that, I kind of noticed that in all the situations where I find it difficult, it's because they were better than me at the thing that I was going to praise them for. <laughs> Does anybody notice how hard it is to praise people for, for doing things better than you? Like, they were better at that, and you're kind of like, well, you admit it maybe in your heart, but vocalizing? Wow, you were so good at that, and so much obviously better than me. So much just, wow, I could never do that. And so you kind of just... Keep it to yourself, and you don't really praise them because it's kind of hard on your ego a little bit. I find this all the time. So have you ever noticed how easy it, it is to praise people that you're better than? <laughs> like kids? It's easy to praise kids, right? Because you know that they're, I mean, they're not really doing it that well. For sure not better than you, hopefully. Whatever the thing is, throwing a ball or something. <laughs> Maybe it was Nate here? I don't know. Nate's terrible at throwing things. He's not here. Dang it, I was going to make fun of Nate. Nate's a really bad arm, just so you know. Um, but uh, uh, he does. Uh, but if, you, if, a, if a kid is not as good as something at you, you're like, oh, good job. But it doesn't cost you anything. It's not like it's hard on your own ego to praise kids. I have this, I mean, this is, okay, it's kind of a terrible story. And it makes me look like such a jerk, but I have to tell it anyways. Is uh, in grade 11, I had a, me and like 10 of my buddies had a spare block at the same time as the grade 11 girls PE class. Okay? So, they, during the whole spring, they would go, they would play outdoor sports. Uh, they would play outdoor sports right in front of the place where we would all just hang out, on the steps of the barn, it was called. So we'd all, we'd sit there and not study ever, and just watch the grade 11 girls' PE class to do whatever they were doing. And uh, uh, during base, during the baseball unit, um, they, they would start out with bats and, and, and softballs, and, you know, 20 minutes into PE, no one had hit a ball. Just no one had hit a ball yet. And so we're just rolling. Like, as guys, every time they strike out, these poor girls, right? There's like 20 guys sitting on the steps just over there going, oh, every time they missed. It was so terrible. It was just like, I feel so bad. So, and then when it got really funny is when they switched to tennis rackets instead of baseball bats, and they were still striking out like most of the time. And you're like, oh, I have to laugh. I'm so sorry. And then when they'd hit it, we'd all stand and cheer, like erupt with cheer, like, yeah, you hit a ball. It's so bad, right? I'm such a jerk. I know. I'm such a jerk. But it was easy to praise them because you just felt so superior and felt so entitled, and it was just so bad. But I'm like, would, it's much more difficult to praise people when you feel like they're better than you. I was, I was just, I just was like convicted of my own soul about what a terrible person I was. I'm thinking back to that story. If you contrast that with like praising your boss, praising the person who's in charge of you, praising the person who does things more efficiently than you and better than you, and, and they're letting you try things even though they're probably the ones who should have done it. And it's difficult to praise those sorts of people. But praise is like really, really powerful. And because it's so difficult to do, I think the enemy just licks his lips when we decide not to praise people. There's a great story that, uh, maybe it's just like a Reader's Digest sort of thing, and maybe some of you have heard this story before because we've told it here at this church, but there's a fantastic story about an office, office environment where uh, uh, there was a whole bunch of like terrible relationships between people in the office. There's a lot of bad mouthing, uh, egos were really high, nobody would say anything nice about anybody else, and there was just a lot of tension in a large work environment. So what this one guy decided to do 
was he, uh, he would go up to somebody in the office and he would notice a quarrel between two people, something that they just wouldn't get along. It was just bad. So he'd go to one of them and say, hey, have you noticed about that person that you don't like? He wouldn't say that, but have you noticed that that person's actually really good at this? Have you noticed that they like always hand their work in on time? And then that person would be like, yeah, I guess. I guess they do. Like just not really acknowledging it, but like, yeah, for sure, I guess they do. And then that per the guy who asked the question would go back to the person and go, hey, you know what so-and-so said about you? They said that they really appreciated how you always handed in your work on time. <laughs> he's not lying. He made him say it, but he's just kind of exaggerating the truth. And it transformed the work environment because he would keep going and spreading all this gossip. It's like, hey, you know what I made someone say about you? <laughs> you know what I tricked someone into saying about you and now telling you and inflating it? But it changed the work environment. Praise is a really, really powerful thing. Uh, and yet, I think that we shy away from it so often. We shy away from praising people so often. And I think we shy away from praising God often. I know I do. So, uh, why is praising somebody that's, you know, better than you, why does it feel, why, why is it so difficult? Why do, why do we resist it sometimes in our hearts and in our flesh? So there's some core themes about what we're going to talk about today of the purpose of praise. And the first one is pride and praise are opposites. Pride and praise are opposites. Psalm 10.4. Uh, so yeah, Psalm 10.4 says this. In his pride, the wicked man does not seek him being God. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. In his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. So to me, a lack of praise is an indicator of pride. Of I, I feel superior. I feel like I don't need that. I feel like I'm better than you. I feel like... Uh, I'm prideful, and so I have a hard time letting go of saying kind things. I have a hard time of acknowledging someone's superiority. I have a hard time uh, giving of myself because it costs me a little bit of my ego. So James 4.10 says this, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Uh, so many of us prideful people are willing to admit that God is superior to us, that he's our Lord. I mean, it's obvious, right? He's God. But vocalizing it is really tough sometimes. I don't know about you, but it's just really tough sometimes. You know that, that saying, you know, out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth speaks, okay? I think it works in reverse too. I think if you can force yourself to say something, it changes your heart. I remember, like, when, you know, when you're a kid, and I watch my, my parents do this to my younger siblings all the time, you just make them say things they don't want to say when it's, like, say sorry, like, they're not sorry. <laughs> Just say it, though, because it'll change your heart. Or you need to reconcile with person. Ha have, this, have those words that cost you some of your ego come out of your mouth right now. Say it. Praise them. Forgive them. Apologize to them. I think it changes your heart. So if I'm honest with myself sometimes, and I'm, st I'm, I'm sitting here, and uh, I, I have an opportunity to praise God, um, sometimes I think the thing that most gets in the way for me is just my own pride my own sense of superiority, my own sense of selfishness and ego. Uh, what a block to be able to praise both the people around me and God. Another core theme that I think is important is uh, praise is our participation in something we can't do. Praise is our participation in something we can't do. If you, uh, if you praise someone for something, it means that they did something you couldn't do or shouldn't do or wouldn't do. That, you, that was something they, you couldn't do. 
Second uh, Kings says this, 17, verse 38, 39. Do not forget the covenant I have made with you, and do not worship other gods. Rather, worship the Lord your God. It is he who will deliver you from the hand of all your enemies. So the reason why I love to praise is because it just admits that there is so much I can't do. You're praising God for things that you've just never been able to do and you never will be able to do. And as like a, a good religious kid who thinks that he can tick all the boxes sometimes and do all the stuff that Christians are supposed to do and show up to all the things, uh, the reason why I love praise is because it reorients my, my inability to actually save myself. It reorients God's superiority and authority in my life because I'm praising him for a whole bunch of stuff I've just never been able to accomplish and never will be able to accomplish. Really, really helpful. So uh, this, this verse just says, instead of worshiping other gods, namely yourself, for me personally, rather uh, worship the Lord your God. So it says just remember, don't forget who saved you. Don't forget the covenant I made with you and worship me. It's pretty simple. Don't forget what I've done and then worship me for it. And it sounds so simple, right? Like when you just kind of say, it's like, yeah, don't forget what he did and then, and then praise me for it. And your heart's gonna follow and it's gonna be really helpful for you to give me glory for the things you could never do. And, uh, and I mean, perhaps you've experienced this just in moments of praise where you're saying some stuff and I think it's the reason why churches started doing worship at the beginning of services. It's probably not complicated. It's just helpful to go, uh, God, I praise you for the things I'm not capable of doing. I praise you for the things that you, uh, only you can do. So the other thing I love about this is uh, it creates a disparity in responsibility. There's just a whole bunch of things we're not responsible for. Like we, we can't do. I love praising God because it, it, it reminds me of all the things that I actually don't have to do. So we t we've been talking a lot, um, we've been talking a lot uh, about uh, in, in sort of the struggles and in staff meetings and just there seems to be this little thing bubbling up in our community where leadership is a lot about uh, giving people better problems, not giving people better solutions. Okay, so I'll explain what I mean by that. Is um, Jesus, uh, the first thing he did for people when he, when he was walking this earth, the first, his first invitation to a disciple was uh, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. It wasn't a solution of any kind. It was actually a better problem. Currently, you're fishing for fish. Come fish for men. Come be part of reconciling the world to God. A way better problem to have. But there's no solutions presented, you'll notice. It's like, come have, come have my problems. Come follow me into things that like I'm taking upon my shoulders. Of course, we know that he's the one doing all, carrying all the work, like doing all the heavy lifting, obviously. But... Like, come join me in this mission to reconcile, you know, God and man. It's just a better problem. And I love that. I love that. I, I think that so often we present solutions to people going, hey, this is what it looks like to have a better life. And Jesus is going to make you happy. And uh, come be part of a community because it's always smooth and no one's ever annoying. And all these things. And uh, I think mostly, uh, at least as God has been highlighting this in my heart, is he's mostly asking us to join with him in his problems. That he's the solution for but uh, the world's broken. The world is not reconciled with God. Uh, there's a gap there. And he's going, are you, gonna, are you gonna make that your problem too? Are you gonna make that your problem? So, why did I go on that tangent? Uh, 
I've been thinking about that a lot these days, and sometimes it becomes really overwhelming, where it's like, oh my goodness, there are a lot of problems. <laughs> there are a lot of problems in the world that you're the solution for Jesus, and you asked me, us, the church, to be your hands and feet. A little overwhelmed, right? You, get, I, you felt that. I got to stand up at, at, at Voices Together. It was like a big church service at the Coliseum. Let me have the mic for a few minutes. And I basically just said, <laughs> I, I said more things than this, but one of the things I said was, okay, Church of Vancouver, um, can I just be like super straight up with you for a second? We're losing. And you could have heard a pin drop in that room. I, just, I don't know, I just felt like I was supposed to say it. Um, we're losing. Just from even like a youth ministry perspective, I have the chance of talking to a lot of youth pastors across the city. Uh, there's just not a lot of ground being taken. So I just kind of said that. I was like, we're, we're losing, okay? And that has to become a problem to us. That has to become a problem. And then, of course, the instant you're, uh, that, I know that it's kind of preaching one side, right? It's very sort of one-sided. I'm making a point when I'm saying that. But when I think about praise, uh, there's a flip side to that, that there is so much that's already done that is not our problem. It's just not, we don't have to worry about. Like, okay, so God invites us to, to reconcile, to be, to be his hands and feet. Okay, cool. Of course, he's made a way for all that. The Holy Spirit is with us and actually the one accomplishing it. But it can still feel overwhelming. But then I think about the flip side of it going, hold on a second here. Uh, I'm like 100% forgiven. I'm already in the kingdom. I'm, there's nothing I can do to make God love me more. There, uh, like I'm, 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 there's the, the relationship between me and him, there's nothing hindering us. There is so much that's been accomplished. There is so much that is not our problem. And my tendency is to make the things that aren't my problem my problem. Like, oh, I don't feel close to God, or oh, I don't feel forgiven, or oh, I don't feel connected with him, or I don't feel like I'm doing a good enough job, or I don't feel like I'm earning his love well enough, or maybe I'm not doing enough, and all these things. And God's kind of going, that's, that's kind of all just taken care of. I, like, I did that for you. I, I, that was a gift. All you have to do is remember it and praise me for it, because I'm the one who won the victory. And I'm going to invite you now into, into this mission of accomplishing that. I'd love you to make that your problem because this is the family business. But all the heavy lifting has been done. So when I think about praise, and as we explore uh, in these next few weeks what praise is about, we're kind of going to look at a bunch of different things that God is praiseworthy for. And uh, it is amazing how much God has already accomplished, how much there is to praise him for. The Psalms is just a giant book of it, and it just scratches the surface, I'm sure. There's one more thing that I wanted to highlight uh, just as a core theme of what we're going to explore over the next few weeks. One other purpose of praise that I find very, very helpful is it sets our eyes on the kingdom. It sets our eyes on the kingdom, okay? So it's worth noting that praise is not like magical. It's not some, it does, it's not like a fix-all. Like, it's not like you can just praise God and then everything in your world changes. And I, I fall into this trap sometimes. Uh, because um, sometimes uh, things don't feel like they change. You're praising God like, God, you're so good. God, you're so, you're so good to me, and you love me, and you um, have accomplished all this for me. And then you kind of walk away from that moment, and you're like, I don't really feel like that's true a lot of the time. I don't, I, this is not, a, this praise thing is not as magical as I would hoped it had. Like, there's a whole bunch of my world that's still broken. 
There's a whole bunch of stuff that I'm like praising you for because apparently you're good and apparently you're powerful and apparently you love me, but this, this, and this. Uh, I think it's important to know that praise isn't, isn't magical because uh, praise is reminding us of what has already been accomplished and what is to come. What has already been accomplished and what is to come. And I get so wrapped up sometimes with like what I'm currently staring at in my really, really short-sighted vision and going, well, I'm, I can see this far ahead and you don't really seem praiseworthy right here. I'm having a hard time praising you with what I see here. And God's kind of going, eternity. <laughs> like, I've, like, we're going to be together forever there's a whole lot to praise me for, and we're just like, boom, stuck. And we're like, God, God until you fix this, until I, can, until I can praise you for this exact thing, I don't know about anything else. And uh, what I love about praise is that it, 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 it aligns us with where I think God's heart is at, going, this world is broken, uh, but praise me for what I've done and for what I'm going to do. And join me in my kingdom. Uh, I think Jesus sometimes makes our lives better. I think that's true. I think there's often times where he'll come through in some super practical way, and I love those stories. And we praise him for it. Why not? For sure. But there's this beautiful thing about praise sometimes where it's like none of the evidence, all the evidence in my life points to the contrary, actually, in this moment. I could, I could wiggle my way out of needing to praise you so easily, but I know that you're an eternal God who has a plan that goes beyond what I'm capable of even imagining. And I take so much solace in that because if it's all about this you can you could easily make a case every day for how god's not with you and um the reason why i love coming to church every sunday the reason why i love reading my bible and the reason why i love spending time with with my lord is because it reminds me that there's just so much else going on um one of the things that's been super fun in the last couple years and just i don't know talking with leaders around the city is when uh is when there's like, what I like to call context is given. Uh, where we go, sometimes you just look at this, especially in ministry sometimes, you like look at this thing and there's just so much that's like not going well and you wish it was this way and you wish it was that way and it's all you can see. And then God longs to bring us this context of going, you're part of my kingdom, you're part of my church, there's so much else going on. So uh, praise sets our eyes on the kingdom. Uh, Hebrews 12 uh, says this, 28 to 29 says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and with awe. And um, I, man, do I struggle with that sometimes. I want God to fix this and this and this in my life right now. Then I'll praise you for those things. But, oh, therefore, since we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. Receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And, uh, I long as we, as we explore these different things uh, over the next few weeks and as we delve into things that, 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 are, that are, you know, worth praising God for, um, my hope is that he would give us a kingdom perspective. My hope is that he would go, uh, would you join me in the, the, the meta-narrative, in the overall narrative of what's going on in the kingdom, and could you praise me, praise me for that? Because the fact is, is there's some people that, are just going to have a tough lot in my plan. Some people are going to have to carry more weight than they should. Some people are going to get no glory for the things that they've done. 
Some people are going, are, are going to have to be like so humble and it's not going to look like the, the, the advancement of my kingdom is so beautiful and so worth it and so eternal that the, the mediums are, are almost inconsequential. But will you praise me for what I'm going to do? Will you praise me for how I made a way for it? Will you praise me for how you, you don't have to earn any of that stuff? And that, that kingdom mindset is just so helpful. So you can put that next slide up. Uh, over the next uh, co- uh, coming weeks, these are the things we're going to explore uh, of why we're, what we're going to give God praise for. So we have for his creation and his works and his deeds. Just all out, just flat out creation. It's pretty handy, right? Uh, for his power and justice, for salvation, for his magnificence, for his mercy. And we're going to explore um, what is praising God for that specific thing set us free from and from what? Uh, and what about the simple act of praise for that thing? Uh, specifically is essential to walking in freedom. So why would we praise God for his power and justice? Why would we praise him? What does that set us free from? And my prayer is that we would be a pre- people that praise God first. That our first, uh, our first solution, our first step, our first reaction is to give God praise. And so I'm going to invite the worship team back up. And uh, you guys can get ready for the next song. And uh, we have a chance to do this now. And maybe there's something, you know, maybe there's something in your life that is preventing you from giving God praise. Maybe there's some things that kind of feel like they're right here. And uh, uh, this, the song that we're going to sing is called Forever Rain. And I love that because it's just this eternal perspective. And I would encourage you to praise God uh, just for who he is. And not because of anything in particular. Not because of for this reason, not because you did this yesterday, not because I'm feeling kind of good today, but just because you forever reign and your kingdom is unshakable and your kingdom is advancing and it's coming and I'm part of that. And what would it look like to just be thankful for that and to praise God for that and that alone? So let me pray for us. Father, I thank you that you do forever reign. And over the coming weeks as we explore these different things that you're so worthy of being praised for, uh, would you set us free from, uh, from just short-sightedness? Would you set us free from our pride and our ego that prevents us from admitting that you're our Lord and our God? Would you set us free from uh, just our own uh, apathy towards these things? Um, God, we don't, we don't forget how grateful we are that you're so deserving of our adoration, that you're so deserving of, 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 our, of our praise and our worship. And Father, I just personally repent of putting so many things between my, my praise of you and my own self. And God, I just, I, I long that we would, be a, we would be a church and a people that praise you first. So God, you do forever reign. And right now we, do, we run into your arms and we say, Father, thank you for being who you are. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for your salvation. Thank you that you're a God of yesterday and tomorrow, and we lift you high in this place. In Jesus' name, amen.